Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fly Brother Radio Show. I'm Ernest White II, storyteller and explorer. I've lived in five countries and traveled to over 70, and I'm not saying all that to say that I'm all that. I just want to give you a little motivation, some inspiration, a few tricks and tips to go off and live an amazing fly life for yourself. Today on the Fly Brother Radio Show, I talk with Michael Carter, talent manager, entertainer, entrepreneur, retired soldier, and native of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Michael completed 22 years of military service and traveled to 45 states and 14 countries around the world. During his time in the military, Michael performed as part of the traveling U.S. Army Soldier Show and, after retiring, appeared in the award-winning short film Some Fun Tonight and started his own talent agency, Carter Boys Entertainment. We talk about music, discipline, grandmas who didn't play, leaving home for the first time, military service as a way to see the world, breaking outside of the box, living abroad, and a whole lot more. We'll be back with well-traveled soldier, singer, and talent scout Michael Carter on the Flabber the Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Fly Brother Radio Show. I am here today with Mr. Michael Carter of Carter Boys Entertainment, which is an entertainment management company. They handle music and, and film and just all different sorts of, of artists. And uh, thank you again for coming on the show today, Mr. Carter. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, not a problem. Not a problem. All right. So you were born in Mississippi. And you've since traveled to many different countries around the world, which I feel like has just been, you know, eye opening for you, I would assume, just in, in the conversations that we've had before now. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you got started back home in Mississippi and how that set you up for doing the things that you're doing now. Well, in Mississippi, you know, I've always been in uh, music and stuff like that. You know, uh, my mom used to put me in. Uh, plays. Uh, I was in like two plays. Okay. Uh, one was uh, the Wizard of Oz, and uh, the other was the Wiz. Uh, what did you did you play the same character in both of them? Nah, it was like a, a you know, I played like uh, the little. I think in the Wiz, I played. I was in the, some big red pants. That was some years ago. I had some big MC Hammer pants on, man. Okay. And some, you know, and uh, but that I was appropriate like, for the time, wasn't it? The 90s, it was, <laughs> it was, but you know, the bad thing about it was uh, the neighborhood I lived in, you know, what I'm saying we uh, well, I ain't gonna say <laughs> the neighborhood I lived in was gang affiliated, so oh, you know, was, okay, uh, wrong colors, yeah. So one day I had uh, I had caught the bus and I put those red pants on to wear to school, uh, something I'd never do again, but uh, okay. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I know it's serious, but in hindsight. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But everybody knew me, so, you know, that I, I, I kind of burned them after that. But <laughs> I was also in The Wizard of Oz, and I uh, played, like, I think I was, it was a group of us, and I was, like, one of the kids in the, in the bushes or something. That okay. Maybe that Dorothy or whatever. You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> a munchkin. Were you a munchkin? Yeah, yeah, I think I was one of them. <laughs> All right, you got to start yeah. somewhere, my man. Indeed, indeed. So you know, I did a, uh, you know, my grandmother. She always uh, kept me in the choir. You know, back then, uh, the, the grandmothers were was really strong women back then, and they mm. used to make mm-hmm. sure they had their hands on their their grandchildren as right. well as the kids, the other kids. So, uh, you know, she kind of kept me singing in the choir. Uh, so I did a lot of that. 
you know, outside of the other, you know, extracurricular activities I had going on. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good. I have a pretty much singing background. Uh, my grandmother on my father's side, he was also, uh, she was a singer. She, uh, traveled from, uh, church to church. You know, she had a nice little, uh, gospel group. Oh, wow. Came nice. Name of it, but yeah, she was the lead singer, so she had one of those Shirley Caesar voices. All right, yeah, yeah so wow. pretty much musical background. Okay, so then in that case, you know, if you were saying that your grandma was already seemed like she was traveling, even if it was just from church to church, it might have been in the same town or the same county, but already just the idea of movement was something right. that was kind of passed down to you, huh? Correct, correct. And uh, she used to grab me and my brother. You know, we used to uh, go to some of the churches way in the backwoods of Mississippi where, you know, you probably wouldn't think you was going to get out. Right. <laughs> right. Not after <laughs> dark, anyway. I'm telling you, she used to keep those cane poles in, her, uh, in the backseat of her car. Oh, man. The, in a creek we ran across, you know, grandma, she'll stop, we'll jump out, you know, dig up some uh, worms in the ground or grab some tiger worms out of the trees. And go ahead and go fish and catch the food for the day, bruh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I know it sounds, you know, country, quote unquote. But I mean, that's where we coming from. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like that's our history. Yes, sir. That's Mississippi. Yeah, man. And so, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> I, it's funny because the, the greatest storytellers, man, come out of the South. You know, okay. black or white. It's just the. It comes from the culture of so many things being an adventure you know what i'm saying and uh i don't know i just i enjoy listening to you talk about these things i think as much as i do you know listening to you talking about travel abroad correct correct um and that's the other thing too is that we often just don't really realize that travel especially when you're coming from communities of color where you may not have that history of international travel is still getting outside of your comfort zone, moving outside of the box and going to new places where things happen to you that are unexpected. Correct, correct. And so, you know, it's, it's just good to hear that you kind of had that early on, even if it was, again, from one place to another in the same region. Right, right. And so, yeah, right. go ahead, man, sorry. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, my uncle, he was, uh, you know, an ex-Marine, may rest in peace. He, uh, okay. You know, he uh, used to travel a lot, you know, uh, my cousins, you know, it was it was in our family. It's three, three boys, uh, one girl. So that's my mother's, and then her sister side, her only sister, three boys, one girl. So their father, you know, he was a marine. So he used to travel. I'm talking about they used to travel, man. They used to go everywhere, mm. and we could go because you know we wouldn't, you know, didn't have the funds. But you know, my mother did what she did to make sure we was, you know, had our fun. But man, they used to go to like Florida. Chicago, like everywhere. So I kind of envied that, man. And I was okay, like, yo, okay. you know what I'm saying? When I get older, I'm going to be like, um, I'm going to travel too. Okay. Take my so they can see stuff like that. So, you know, that kind of got me a little bit too into travel. I'm wanting to see, you know, different stuff, explore different things, you know. When, and so you did then? I did. I did. I did it. And I how did you, jump. how'd you get started, man? Well, when I, uh, my mother had, you know, we, we, we got in a lot of trouble in Mississippi. So, you know, thank God my mother had got a job uh, where she was a uh, telephone operator. Okay. So she moved to, she moved to Jacksonville, Florida. She went like a month ahead, a month ahead of us. Okay. And uh, it was 
kind of on probation a little bit. So it was, it was, you know, a blessing that she moved us out of Mississippi and got us to Florida, you know, even though Florida wasn't really too much better, but, you know, it was a, it was a new start. Right. So, you right. know, I got here and it was, it was a different, you know, it was a big difference, you know, big city, you know, uh, people acting different, doing different stuff. So, you know, us being from Mississippi, this was like, you know, an eye opener kind of, you know, so, uh, it was something new. So when we got here, you know, I kind of, you know, just wanted to see everything, you know, as I, as I grew up in high school and, you know, singing in choirs and, you know, I had a partial, I had a scholarship to Florida A&M University. All right. Rattler. That's you, Rattler? I went there. Yes, sir. Graduated from there. Man, I wanted to go there so bad. Uh, but me and my mother went down for, uh, I had to do an audition for one of the music instructors. And I had to write a paper, so I ended up kind of messing that up, you know. Oh man. Up. Yeah, so I accepted that uh, a scholarship at uh, FSCJ, Florida State Community College, in Jacksonville. Okay. And did did music there, and uh, from there, you know, school got kind of boring. So you know, I figured I had to think back, man. I was again getting in a lot of trouble, doing a lot of stupid stuff. So I had to make my mind up, you know. My mom made a comment one day, and she said, "Hey." Uh, well, you're going to end up either in jail or, 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 or somewhere dead. You need to join the military, do something with your life. Mm. Like, you know what? Let me try this out, man. But she was joking, you know. But I went and did it. And uh, I told her probably about a couple of days before I left. I said, hey, Mom, joining the military. She was like, what? Wow. So I was playing. Yep, threw me a party. Next thing you know, I was en route to Kentucky, uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. And that's where I started my career. Wow, in the army. You're in the army now, bro. <laughs> well, you know what, man? Every single step in the journey is important to bring you where you are right now, even if it's a disappointment, man. Right. So, right. and so then, you know, you get into the army. You're 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 shipped off to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it feel then, in terms of you kind of being in this environment that's very rigid and kind of controlled yeah it was scary man it was uh it was scary at first because you know we arrived late at night probably like two two in the morning you know mm-hmm. the scariest thing everybody used to tell us about when we got the base chamber was the gas chamber so when you drive it was a long road we was driving down and the drill sergeant you know i can remember this dude to this day he was probably like five foot six five five or something but he okay was napoleon <laughs> Yeah, but he, had, he was stocky, man. He was so big, like his arm couldn't fit in his sleeves. He was huge. Okay. That joke had voice, man, like, get off the bus, brother. <laughs> you know, man, a rocket, you know. Yeah. So he said, that right there is the gas chamber. So when everybody looked over the gas chamber, it's like our hearts dropped because we heard so many stories about it. But, uh, you know, once you get in there, you know, you know, the biggest thing they try to get in your head, you know, it's it, everything is mental to me, you know, you know, uh, so, you know, they got in our heads a little bit because it was something we wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. So you just, you know, you know, just just truck along, you know, drive on and take what they take, try to do your best to, to get out of there and, you know, continue on with your success in life. But, you know, it was a it was a great experience, you know. I never forget it. Met a lot of good people um, okay. from different states, you know, different countries, different locations. So it was a good thing, you know. Right. So you got, you know, it was a way to expose you to the world. It was. It was, and it really did. It really did. 
And so were you able to kind of work on your music while you were in the military? I did. Uh, while I was in, you know, um, moving up in the ranks, going to different locations, I started out in Fort Hood. And when I got to Fort Hood, uh, you know, Texas, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I did it, but I didn't do it. You know, I didn't really get serious about it until I got a little bit older. Okay. Because, you know, I was a young kid, you know, in a different location on my own. You know, my mom right, ain't right. with me. Right. You know, on my own. So I want to explore, you know, just act a fool. And I got out there. And just, you know, I song, you know, uh, you know, to females just to kind of. <laughs> like, I knew you were going to say that, man. And I was <laughs> wondering how you were going to phrase it. But you were very <laughs> gentlemanly in the using the term woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we got to use what we got to get what we want. Hey, you know? I hear you, brother. Yeah, so I did, I did that a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> so, uh, and it didn't really, did, I really didn't get into it at that time, but then I, uh, PCS, uh, which is, uh, you know, one of the change due to stations that we, uh, that we did in, uh, one of the due to stations, uh, when we changed stations. So I ended up PCS in the Germany. You know, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Budigan, Germany. Man. And that was your first time abroad? It was. It was my first time abroad. Tell me and about it, my man. Man, Germany is beautiful, bro. It's like, you know, it's like a free country. You know, mm. uh, it was like, you know, a, a, it was a different experience. You know, being from mm. Mississippi, man, seeing again, seeing again, seeing stuff like that. You know, being from Mississippi, it was like, wow. You In know, terms uh, of just the ability to kind of breathe freely without people hovering over you and watching every move yeah they 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 kind of you know the germans they accept you you know what i'm saying you don't you don't feel in certain parts it's there but you don't feel like uh racism or people judging you or nothing like that it's just like they accept you some of them you know it depends on like the turks the turks they they didn't like americans because we took their women some of the germans didn't either when we took their women again so <laughs> they didn't like that okay. but the women accepted us. The clubs was like the best in the world, man. And, you know, uh, sex and everything is exploited out there. And it's like you can do basically whatever you want. The speed limit on the Autobahn, you can drive as fast as you want with no issues, you know. And there I joined a band. Uh, I joined a band called, uh, what was the name of the band? It was a German-American band, X Amount, called X Amount. Okay. Yeah, so I was back up singing with that band, man, and we sung all over Germany. Boat rides, uh, conventions, uh, all kinds of stuff that just, you know, set it off and kind of kind of put me into it. We traveled, so it kind of, it was another good experience for me, you know, because I was kind of shy, you know, but I did open up when I was doing that. And those ladies, they, it was great, man. We sung to a whole lot of Germans, a whole lot of military people, and... It was awesome. You know. Nice, man. What kind of group was it? What kind of music did you sing? We did, you know, Germany loved 80s and 90s music. They loved 90s music. So we did basically like Prince. We did uh, Brick House. Okay. We did, uh, uh, what's that lady name? Uh, Tina Marie? No. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> 70 Mills? <laughs> She's a white lady. She did that one song with R. Kelly. I don't know. It's on the tip of my tongue, but it'll come to me later on. Okay. Uh, yeah, but she, uh, we did one of her songs. So we did a lot of 80s and 90s music that 
The Germans love pop. They love pop. So how long were you in Germany for? I was in Germany for 18 months. Okay. Uh, I was I was married at the time, so my okay. kids were with me. And my son, he got pretty sick over there. He was going to oh, hospital. Yeah, yeah, so we had got a compassionate reassignment, and I went to uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia from there. Okay, so yeah. um, has he? did he recover? Yeah, yeah, it was just uh, he had asthma real bad. Okay. So this heathen and everything up there kind of affected him, and he was in and out of the hospital. And, oh, you know, I man. Look a guy like that, man, so I had to get him up out of there. Right. How old was he at the time? He was uh, one, almost two. Oh, okay, an infant. Oh, yeah, he was a little guy. Okay. He was, a little guy. He was six months when we went over there, so, you know. Okay. And so then you had your taste of international life. Yes, sir. And how long before you were able to, to travel abroad again? Well, I, when I left there, I went to uh, Fort Stewart. From there, I went to uh, Bosnia. Wow. Well, you know what? Be- before that, then how did it feel coming back to the United States after having been in Germany? <laughs> it was wet, man. I, uh... <laughs> It was whack, you know. I had uh <laughs> coming back, man, it was like all right, now everything like slowed down. It was boring, really wasn't much to do. Uh the scenery, the people was, you know, you back to Americans, you know, like man, I'd rather go back over there, mm. you know, where everything is, is, is okay, you know. Uh so it it was real different, uh, you know. You kinda readjust to the American life rather than being over there in Germany where everything is accepted. You know, the police, they got this police, the police out there called the Polizei. Mm-hmm. And you know, police, they'll stop you, but you really don't get harassed by the police over there. They don't bother you, you know, with right. no crimes. So, I mean, they just, they're doing their job without making you feel like you're some kind of suspect. Right, right. You know, they didn't have to pull you over. They had cameras, you know. So right, you right. Spit and a red light, the camera's going to catch you. You won't. You're going to get a dog on, like now, you're going to get a letter in the mail where you got to pay this bill, you know, mm-hmm. red light or whatever. But you catch the train everywhere, you know, you get to the state, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's not dangerous. You know, you get on the train and you roll out and uh, <laughs> you was good to go, man. And it, you ain't got to worry about getting robbed or getting a, get nothing happening to you. You know, nobody's stressing with you on, on the train or nothing like that. You was good to go. So. It was a big difference, man. Everything, you know, you get to the stage you want to go back. Right. Well, I've I personally experienced that. I mean, I lived off and on in Germany for five years with my former partner uh, based in Berlin. And like you say, I mean, in general, there's an air of acceptance. Um, yeah. However, some of that has to do with being American, you know, because I do feel like if I were coming from an African country or if I were coming from a country where they considered me to be a refugee, and you mentioned this before, like there's, you know, some places you do experience racism and, and you do still have kind of, I mean, it's Europe, you know, uh, there is unfortunately an air of supremacy that happens in, in, in every place. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, you know, you just could breathe easier. I felt like, yeah, there was a sense of safety that you don't necessarily always feel in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recognize everything that you're talking about. Um, so then you ended up going to Bosnia. Right. And that would, that was during what time period during the conflicts that were happening over in the Balkans? 
Yeah, yeah, that was during that time. Uh, I went to Bosnia and, uh, you know, uh, that was some military stuff right there. So, right, peacekeeping mission. Uh, indeed, indeed, it was uh, peacekeeping. Uh, some of it was peacekeeping. Uh, we actually uh, did encounter, you know, some enemy activity, but, you know, uh, we tried to make it peacekeeping, but, you know, it ended up being more combat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and again, you know, being abroad, you see, you see the life, you know, that other people live, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you, one thing I wish that a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the people in the United States, as well as the kids and, you know, grownups can see how those people over there live, man, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, it's like Afghanistan and uh, Iraq, you know, the little kids are running around there, the poverty, man, the, they, they have no dental, they have no medical, you know, the life expectancy of a child over there is basically five years old, mm-hmm. you know, if they live to, you know, to be older than that, then kudos, you know, but that, that it don't stop right there because, you know, they got to end up, you know, picking up a gun and, you know, doing something they don't want to do or whatever. You know, so a lot of kids and stuff, people need to see that, man, because, you know, we got it good over here. America, you know, we spoil. And right. Those kids over there, and, 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 you know, trying to trying to live day to day without, you know, dying or, you know, uh, having to do stuff that they don't want to do. So. Right, right. Perspective that we, you know, it's perspective. Over right. here, we've got issues, but mm-hmm. compared to other people's issues, <laughs> you know, at least we've <laughs> got the freedom and the ability to move about and to to leave the country if we want to, for example. Right, right. Yeah, I, you know, and and that's the thing, you know, when I first moved abroad, you have to leave it to believe it. You know, I was very critical of a lot of things in the U.S. And again, those things are still worthy of criticism. But just the fact that my passport allows me to go to over 175 countries Uh where other people's they can't get any place. I mean, that's what a U.S. passport allows. You know, we don't have to get visas for a lot of different places. Um, And when we do, we just pay the money and that's it. You know, you pay one hundred and thirty dollars, one hundred and sixty dollars for a visa with minimum paperwork. Whereas right. a lot of other people, if they want to come to the U.S., they have to prove, you know, they have to submit bank statements. They have to submit kind of uh, a, a statement that somebody here in the U.S. will take responsibility for them if they run out of money. You know, there's all kinds of different. They have to go through the interview process where they're asked if they're going to be prostitutes when they come over to the U.S. I mean, there's a lot of different benefits that, and privileges that we get that we don't even know about until we leave. Oh, yeah. You, you know, so. It's just like you said, it's very eye opening. And certainly for those of us coming from the South, black Americans coming from, you know, an environment that is sometimes hostile. Right. Right. All right, my brother, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about your travels. But also I want you to tell me how you uh, kind of interact with your folks at home when it comes to traveling. Um, So. I'm excited to hear more about what you're doing. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back right after this brief commercial break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Fly Brother Radio Show. I'm here with Mr. Michael Carter, who has seen the world, but got his start in Mississippi. And uh, I think that's important, yeah. again, to, for people to hear that you can come from anywhere and go anywhere. Yes, sir. So thank you for being on the show today, my brother. I really appreciate it. 
Hey, I appreciate you. All right. Cool. So you were, we were before the break, we were talking about you being in Bosnia where you saw some combat and you've been to many other places. What are some of the most uh, the places that stand out most in your mind aside from Germany? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Afghanistan. Iraq. Okay. Uh, uh, those are military places that stand out. But like one of the best places I've ever been was Jamaica. OK, OK. How so? Jam rock. Yeah, I had just got back from Afghanistan, you know, so I needed a, I needed that. I needed that rest and relaxation. So Jamaica was like an experience, man. If you ain't been to Jamaica, you got to go. And I'm okay. sure you probably been there. But you got to go, man. Uh, when I got there, you know, I was I was excited. I was there for 10 days. Mm. I was so excited, man. And, you know, you get off the plane and, you know, they're welcoming you. And as soon as you get off the plane, it's like a margaritaville right there at the door. So you start drinking, like, right off the bat. And we stayed at this resort, uh, Sandals Resort in Ocho Rios. So okay. you travel, you get in a vehicle, they'll take you about, you know, it was probably about a two-hour, two, maybe three-hour drive. But you stop at different locations where they got bars and stuff where you can try the food, try the drinks. And, you know, that's that's game right there. That's, you know, the taxi driver or whoever. You know, they know these places and they bring these guys business so they get, you know, it's a hustle. Right, right. So, you know, by the time you get to the hotel, you are already drunk. And everything is ex- uh, inclusive once you get to the hotel. So it was a beachfront hotel. It was beautiful. The water was beautiful. The air was beautiful. You could breathe. The people, man, the hospitality is like they, they, it's a skill for them. Everything that they do is a skill. When they bartend, it's a skill. They got to go to school for that. Oh, wow. Uh, hospitality, they got to go to school for that to be a, uh, a waitress or whatever. They had to go to school for that. So, you know, it was great, man. And my skin color, them jokers thought I was Jamaican. Okay. You know, they speak, but the people I went to, went with was actually Jamaican. So it kind of, made me feel even more comfortable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's nothing time. like being welcomed in a place where people look and feel like you man that's it man that's it and they welcomed me man with open arms it was beautiful I, I'm, I'm gonna go back I, you know, I have to go back I met a lot of people there one guy man when I got there you know I, I kind of throw my personality around so I okay. just start talking to people and meeting people just just cause that's me and I met a guy there, and, you know, the phone system, you know, you got to cut it off. So I had to, that joker, he gave me his phone, man. Uh, told me to keep his phone until I get ready to leave. You know, he put minutes on and everything. So, you know, right. he got a good tip at the end of that, but. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that, my man. You know, he, we, we, money is, is, is only a form of energy used for exchange. You know, it's, it's neither positive nor negative. Yeah, but you know something at the end of that, but you know that's another story. <laughs> oh, see, I mean, is it G-rated? Everything's a hustle, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's G-rated. Everything's a hustle, man. You know, uh, you know, my friends, my Jamaican friends, they told, they kind of told me what the deal was. And you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of those guys over there want to get a green card, come to the states. You know, just like my African friends, you know, in uh, Africa, you know, uh, that I met in Afghanistan, same thing. You know, so so they'll they'll contact you, you know, every now and again, call you and talk to you. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. And then, you know, that's when the money, you know, trying to get the visa to get over here to the States. And, you know, you got to give them, you know, in order for them to do that, they got to come live with you. You got to give them an address and all that good stuff, go through the embassy and stuff like that. 
So, you know, it was all a hustle. I understand it. You know, a lot of them want to get away from there and, you know, start their life in America and, you know, do better for their family. But, you know, he, the guy was calling, you know, asking for money, you know, asked me, can I help him get his visa and all that good stuff. So, you know, everything's just a hustle, you know. I mean, you know, yes. And I've had those experiences, too, where you meet someone and they're cool. And like you said, I mean, they're just trying to make ends meet. And yeah. I, honestly... You know, you wouldn't have gravitated toward the person if there wasn't genuine positivity and, and energy, you know. Right. And unfortunately, sometimes that gets muddied by the necessities of life. Um, oh, yeah. Great. You know, oh, yeah. Man, you get over here and kill somebody. Now it's all on me. <laughs> I, well, exactly. Which is why you can't help somebody in that particular situation. Like my brother, I, you know, I really, really hope that you're you're able to, to work that situation out, my man. Um, but yeah. I can't, I can't help you, Doc. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and so then now, you know, you, you've been several places and you're out of the military now, correct? Correct. And you're focusing on getting your business together as a, a you know, representative of entertainment, of artists, but also uh, you're managing artists, but you're also singing yourself, correct? Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm and not it's, yeah, and acting. I'm not really uh, too much focused on my singing. Kind of, you know, put that off in the background. I do, you know, I'll sing every now and, and now and again. I got a actually, I got an event in September. It's a it's a on a, it's a black uh, like a black rodeo thing. You know, they got black cowboys, so they have a event in uh, not Augusta but Valdosta, Georgia. Okay. So I gotta go and uh, and do a performance there. So uh, that'll be actually my second or third time getting on the stage since I've been out of the military. So my biggest focus is just on my artists, you know, to make sure they, you know, get get they just do and be able to travel the world like I do. Well, and so how has your travel affected what you're doing now professionally? Traveling, man. Oh, man. Like being with the Soldier Show and doing things with those guys and, you know, traveling. You know, we've been to like four to five different states. And you know, like six, seven countries abroad. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, kind of, you know, showed me how to, you know, react with the crowd, uh, stage performance, appearance, what to look for, what to not do, what to do, you know, how to prepare for a show, and get your artists, artists ready. What everybody's looking for, you know, dip, different genre, genres of music that will excite the crowd. What what type of crowd are you trying to reach, you know? So. Traveling abroad, it, it taught me a lot of that, you know, how to set up, uh, coordinate, uh, talk to advantages, negotiate, you know, just to get them in. So, you know, it, it teaches you a lot. And the more you know, the better. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you go talk to somebody that's kind of experienced in the music business and they look at you like you don't know what you're talking about, but you've been traveling and been doing it, then that's a that's kind of heads up for you. So. It taught me a lot. It taught me how to deal with people. So it was good. I dealt with uh, high-ranking officials. I dealt with uh, business uh, management people. You know, uh, so it helped me out a lot. It helped me out a lot. Man, I would imagine so. And uh, just you know, life skills that you ordinarily wouldn't have developed otherwise. Right, right, right. And so, man, tell me about your artists, man. Man, I have uh, I have two artists. One of the artists, uh, you know. Her name is Raina Cunningham. And, you know, uh, I've known her 
since 2009. We actually traveled together and performed. Okay. She uh, this she was a young lady at the time. She's been on Apollo. She's been on the uh, uh, another one of those uh, singing shows. And you know when I first saw her and listened to her voice, man, it was uh, it was a talent that this girl had, man, as a young lady. That if you listen to her, man, you know most time if somebody catch me. I get chills. Okay. Really, you know, I get chills and stuff, and I can't stop just listening to them, and I can listen to them all day, all day and all night. So when I heard this young lady sing, man, it was like, wow. You know, she has talent. She has talent. She has personality. She has stage presence. She has she has the whole package. You know what I'm saying? She has the whole package. And, you know, she can do a lot, you know, but, you know, situations kind of permit that, but... She, you know, when I talked to her and I told her when I got out the army, you know, I wanted to help her out, you know, you know, basically not be a manager, but with me knowing her, you know, be a partnership, you know, she and I work together as as partners rather than be manager, you know, so she can have more control and I'm not like forcing all the control on on, on her from me, you know, being her manager. Okay. So we can we can work together, you know. So we, we, we built that bond and we stayed in touch, you know, seeing each other, visiting each other, you know, for over the years till till now. And I talked to her when I got out, you know, and, you know, she came down, recorded, we did a single and it was great. And, you know, we're going to go from there and try to push that. And uh, my other artist, Tabby P, which is a rock star. She's a rock okay. star. <laughs> She herself is awesome. I met her. Uh, I actually was in a video that she did for her song, her single Crazy, which we're uh, doing a rooftop party on the 24th of June for the video release of that video. It's going to be an awesome spot at Hot Tingles, five five points in uh, on Riverside. And this is the first event. Okay, that's that in Jacksonville, right? Sir, Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And this is actually the first event that this club is having since they opened that rooftop. So we'll be the first ones to bring an event to them. So, you know, we gotta make it pop. We gotta. And it's gonna be awesome because we already we already brainstormed it, put our minds together what we want this event to look like. So okay, she's right, right. Job. She's, she's done a great job. She's uh, She's been social media, put it on social media and she's been on it every day, just updating, getting people to do it, you know, and her voice is 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 so unique. Like when you hear her, you wouldn't think that she's uh, you know a rock star, you know. And she, you know, has great stage presence. She's uh, she's awesome. And the best thing about it is her, you know, her relation, her friend or guy friend, her man. He does. Uh, <laughs> he's her producer. Okay. So he plays every instrument which make them two a great team because he plays the guitar. He plays classical piano. He plays drums. He produces. He mixes. He does everything. So that package together, them two together, is like one of those one of those things that kind of really attracted me to them because both of them work together. They're a team, and she she's hungry. She wants it. You know, she get out there and she get it, and she does it on her own without, you know, needing any help, and... You know, I think she's going to go very far as well because, you know, she has a different genre of music, a different sound. And I'm just ready to bring bring both of them to this world so everybody can hear what I hear and witness what I witness 
you know, fall in love with their music. Excellent, man. Well, we're playing it during the uh, the breaks here in the show. So, you know, luckily my audience is going to be able to benefit from uh, or at least receive a little bit of that uh, aural blessing that you just described. Correct. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no doubt, man. Thank you. Um, and so then what kind of advice would you offer to folks who feel like, you know, the back their background or their circumstances won't allow them to do some of the things that they think that they're that they want to do that won't allow them to pursue some of their dreams the thing is man just how i look at a lot of stuff with me traveling if i would have never joined the military or never seen these different places i would have never known you know how other people interact there are different people in this world you know what happens what i think happens man is just like uh you know, kids in the ghetto or kids in the projects or kids that don't travel or haven't seen anything or their parents haven't either. So it kind of trickles down to the children because if you haven't been abroad and you haven't learned other things beside what you're living in, you'll never know. So how can you teach your child unless, right. you know, you, you've been there? So it's like I have the benefit of talking to my nephews and other people about, hey, man. You know, you got to go other places. This is not how the world, how the rest of the world is. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? it's 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 everybody isn't, you know, a hood cat. You know, what I'm saying everybody isn't poor. Everybody isn't, you know, this way or that way. You know, you got to see this. You got to see it to realize how other people live, so it can kind of make you stronger and want to do more. You know, want to push out and do more. So it's like if you stuck in that world. You know, and you keep your kids stuck in that world, then that's how they're going to continue to grow up living in that that world, that box, uh-huh. that box keeps you trapped. Right. You know, and you'll never be able to pass that on. So it's going to pass on from generation to generation, cycle to cycle, unless you get up and get out. You got to I got it. We ain't got the funds to do it. But, you know, there's there's organization out there. I mean, most people don't want to join the military. You know, we was already always told us kids, the military ain't a place for black people. You know what I'm saying? But it's a foundation. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's a stepping stone. It, right. it, it gets you out of that, that zone that you're in, that comfort zone, and it, t- it takes you to different locations. You can travel. You can see the world. You can get an education. You know? So use the benefits. Take the benefits and reap, you know, kind of kind of reap the benefits and just do something different. And you might end up liking it. Then you'll meet different people from different places and kind of talk to them and see that your background is basically the same as theirs. It's just a different location. Right. But it makes you both stronger in order to kind of push out and do different stuff. Man, it was awesome. You know, if I wouldn't have seen this, you know, ain't no telling where I'd be right now if I would have never left. I know I'd be, I would have been in and out of the system. So mm-hmm. now I'm a statistic, you know what I'm saying, because I was a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. it taught me responsibility. It taught me discipline. It taught me how to be a man. You know what I'm saying? So I can take care of my kids and make sure my kids don't follow the same path that I would have followed if I'd have never did that. Right. Right. There are teaching points that it's it's a lot of teaching points that you can teach your kids, but you can't teach them if you never, you know, want to experience something different. So you can teach them what life really is. Man, thank you very much for saying that, my brother. I mean, you know. That was the military wasn't necessarily a path that I had to follow, 
Right. But it doesn't mean that one is better than the other. You know, people have to find or just have to be open to where the where the universe takes them. And right. you were open to the point of being able to do this and, like you said, reap the benefits from it. Yes, sir. I mean, military, college, you know, like, uh, you know, some people want to like mo- it's mostly like a lot of the females, you know, a lot of the young brothers that's, you know, that, you know, want to do the right thing and, you know, playing sports and stuff like that. It's a way out because they can go to colleges in different locations. Right. Same thing, you know, they're getting out of their element. You know, it's just like when a, when a when a convict comes out of prison, you know, he's been reformed, but he goes back into the same neighborhood mm-hmm. around He's not going to be reformed because he's going to end up getting back into the same trouble that got him into prison. Right. Peer pressure is a mug. You ain't got a job. You can't get a job. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so once you get back there, it's going to be hard. You know, you're already in the system. So, you know, some folks don't want to hire you. So you, you need money to survive. You can't just come out of prison and think you're going to survive off of nothing. Right. So you're going right. to survive. So, you know, if you don't get out of that neighborhood or get out of that surrounding or get away from the negativity, then you're going to be back in the back in prison, you know, mad at yourself for not doing what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting out of that element and going to see different stuff. I mean, I shoot. I, I, I told people I got wings on my back. I can't stay still. Hey, you know, hey, man, I, love, bro. Yes. <laughs> I can't sit still, man. If I do. You feel like I'm a I'm a fade away or something, man. So, <laughs> like that dude on uh, like on Get Out, right? That was sitting chair and he fell into that bliss. That's how the sunken place. Yeah, he's stuck. He's stuck. Right, man. right, right. Yeah, man, and I gotta fly, fly, fly. Well, you know what, my man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got you on the Fly Brother Radio Show today yes. because you know you you the embodiment of a fly brother. And I'm yeah, man. That's it's it's keep doing what you're doing, man. I know you're not gonna stop doing what you're doing. I'm saying keep doing what you're doing because it's so helpful, man. It's so, it's necessary for all of us, you know, not yes, just you, not just your family, the world. You yeah. know what I mean? Raising that vibration and just you know getting that positive energy out there. My brother, where can people find you online? Where can people find out more about you and your artists? Uh, my webpage is currently being built. Uh, but, uh, I have a Facebook, uh, Andre Carter. You can uh, look me up. My grandbaby's on the front of it. Uh, for my picture. <laughs> your uh, grandbaby. <laughs> yeah, my grandbaby. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, man. <laughs> I got a 23-year-old son, man. Uh, I got a beautiful man, beautiful granddaughter, man. That's my art right there. Okay. That girl is gorgeous, man. She's like the apple of my eye. You know? So I'll be in California in September to see her. It's her birthday. Her birthday is September the 3rd. So. All right, grandbaby. Fly, grandbaby. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, she was born on the date of the temptation. It was the 3rd of September. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. So they can find me there, man. Uh, my artist, Tabby P. You can go to TabbyPRocks.com and listen to her music. Uh, Rena, uh, we just got done doing her music, so we're waiting on copyrights and everything else before we put that on her page. And we just took a photo shoot, did a photo shoot with her. Her, her page is in development at the time right now. Uh, so I said in about a couple of months, you know, we'll be really up and going because I just actually started my company uh, when I got out of the military and I just got all the paperwork back like a month ago. So, uh, you know, just find me on Andre Carter. You can uh, follow me there on Instagram. I'm uh, Sugar Slim. A Slim Goody. Find me on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sugar Slam 2410. 
Okay. Uh, page is the same thing. My Twitter page is Sugar Slim. Okay. Uh, and, you know, Sugar Slim was a name given to me by this one guy. I did a song with uh, in uh, Colleen, Texas, and uh, the song was called Hydraulics. And in the song, he had a rap, he had a lyric that he called me Sugar Slim. <laughs> okay. You know, we was in Mississippi. It was a gang of us. You know, Carter boys. Like I told you, my my family, my mother has uh, five brothers. You know, one sister. Okay. So I five brothers. Uh, one, two, three, four of them have three boys, one girl. You know, three boys, one girl. So you know, we all hung together and we called ourselves Carter boys. And every time we came down to where my grandmother stayed, my grandmother stayed in the hood. In the ghetto, we call it the Gula. Okay. We come to her house, you know, before we ended up moving in with her. You know, all of us stayed with her. So them, everybody said, oh, there go them Carter boys. There go them Carter boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Stay with me, man. So I said, I get a company, I'm going to call it Carter boys entertainment. Now, I was going to call it Nappy Head, you know, Nappy Headed. That was back when I was young. I was going to call it Nappy Head, N-I-G-G-A-Z. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, we're moving away from that, aren't we? Yeah, you can't do that, man. I've I've grown up. You know, <laughs> we glad, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, Pro- man. So I can't do that no more. I'm right. positive. Right now, Progressive I'm development. All, that's right, man. I'm all about the love of my people and you know, trying to help everybody in the world to become successful. People that I can help, you know. Man, that's just that's that that's phenomenal. So yes. on that note, man, I really, really appreciate you coming on today, man. We've all grown just listening to you. Tell them stories about coming from Mississippi and, 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 and you know, and Cricket Letter to the world. Yes, sir. All right, Fly Brother. Uh, audience, please stay tuned. We got a little bit more to show for you. And, uh, you know, Mr. Carter, thank oh, you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Stay tuned, folks. Welcome back to the Fly Brother Radio Show. As Michael mentioned before the break, you can find out more about Carter Boys Entertainment and their artists Raw Cunningham and Tabby B at facebook.com slash thatboyslim2410. You can reach out to me directly at ernest at flybrother.net or visit our website flybrother.net. We also appreciate likes and follows on Facebook at facebook.com slash flybrotherfly and on Instagram at flybrother. Please share any questions, content, or stories that helps me help others thrive. Lastly, if you do enjoy the Fly Brother Radio Show, please rate, subscribe, and even sign up to make a monthly contribution to keep Fly Brother in the air and on the air. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Fly Brother Radio Show. Have a phenomenal weekend and an amazing week. Ciao, ciao.